0: Hello, all, and welcome to the Fantasy and Sci-Fi Fanatics Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Kubal. Today, I have me a very special guest, Matt Luttrell. Matt, how are you doing today?
1: I'm great. Nice to be here. Thanks for having me, Daniel. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Anytime, anytime. I always love when we can get somebody new on. I know some podcasts only interview Joe Amberg but I like the whole breadth, so that way, you know, people... I think it's really important for audience members to know, you know, who have not published their first book. It's a lot like Roger Bannister, who was the... First person ever break the four minute barrier for the mile, you know. After people saw that he did it, they knew it was possible. So I I think it's really important, you know, for people to know we're all in the same boat. Writing books is hard, you know. And it's nice yeah. to know that, you know, see people like yourself with their debut novel, you know. And I always like interviewing somebody for a debut because I'm like, oh man, I'm about to be, you know, there myself next fall. And, you know, it just it feels good. And you know, talking to people like yourself, authors, you know, it really keep you know keeps me going and keeps me motivated. So, really glad we could get you on today. And we'll actually start right there with that first question. There, Matt, what has your writing journey been like up until this point?
1: So, it's been uh, mixed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, I wrote a fair bit when I was younger, and uh, you know, I used to you know in high school do short stories, and in college I wrote a novella that wasn't oh, great. Cool.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they never are, right? <laughs>
1: And uh, I did put it down for a long time. And then a couple of years ago, I started getting this story in my head and I started taking down notes and I said, okay, you gotta get back into this. But, you know, life is really busy and it gets the it. And, uh, and then, yeah, March of 2020 hit.
0: Amen <laughs> <laughs> <ain't remember>
1: to that. <laughs> like so many authors I'm sure you have on, but um, I was working in tourism. I was a, oh, a guy in Banff National Park in Alberta. Oh, cool. And so I had lived in Banff for about 15 years. And, um, so when COVID hit, I lost my job in tourism mm. and my backup job was doing sound for live events, which was also just wiped out. Mm. And so, you know, I did for the first couple months, I didn't write, I watched Tiger King like the rest of us.
0: So. <laughs> yes, All right, yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, finally when tourism just wasn't coming. The borders were still closed in the fall of 2020. I, uh, I ended up going to work in a town called Kitimat. And Kitimat is on the coast of BC. It's almost up near Alaska. Oh, okay. And they are building a huge natural gas plant there. So Ooh. I was in this town that just rains 300 days a year in this little <laughs> work town, driving school buses was all I could do, driving school buses of workers. And I still didn't sit down and write this book. And then I finally got exposed to a COVID case and oh. they locked me in this little 10 by 10 room for 14 days. Oh, wow. And I said, okay, Matt, you have no excuse now. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure, as you know, like the hardest thing to write is the first sentence. Well, oh, once you actually start and start committing to it, um, you, you can kind of get things done. Yeah. I said, okay, I can bang on a book in 14 days. I got nothing else to do, but I was so out of practice. I did like one chapter in 14 days, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and, uh, but yeah, no, I worked on it for another year after that of writing and uh, a year of editing. And um, yeah, rewrite. I basically rewrote the whole thing from scratch twice, yeah. trying to get that plot perfect. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just released it back in June of this year. So That's awesome. My, uh, my first book out there, it's highly original, it's highly Canadian.
0: It's <laughs> awesome. I
1: uh, I'm a very proud Canadian. And, this should be
0: your um, advertisement for it, highly Canadian. <laughs> I like and, that.
1: You know, like, I thought that would be the niche for it, but Canadians just kind of find that cheesy too, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> it's like, they're like, oh yeah, he's totally trying to market to us, but um, yeah, that's yeah it's out in the world it's getting great reviews um but uh yeah i'm just kind of out here pushing it and i'm really happy you have me on the podcast
0: so oh yeah yeah for sure for sure i really liked um i did like the reviews that i saw i was very interested in having you on just to figure out how you did everything because it seemed really really interesting and i don't know i I thought it was a really unique idea. So I don't want to give it away for the audience yet. But yeah, I was like, okay, this is really cool. Like, sometimes people, you know, they get a hold of me and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'll interview anybody. I'm like, it's not a big deal. And then I'm like, it oh, sounds a lot like so-and-so's book or, oh, yeah, it kind of sounds like so-and-so head on, you know, and I'm like, man, that's a really good idea. Like, that's, that's unique. So I thought it was, was a good play. And I think, um, you know, I've had a lot of people on recently who, you know, I, who've done really well. And I think a lot of, viewership, you know, um, and readers really do want a more unique story. I got a lot of books over here to my right that, you know, are, are fantasy sci-fi and stuff. And, you know, it's like they're, they're more old school, you know, and nowadays I've been looking for a different type of story. So I feel like yours, you know, fit that mold really well. So
1: it's a tricky thing, you know, getting to, uh, to market a book like this, because it's, you can write an enticing blurb Yep. I, I don't want to give away what the book is actually about and Yeah. yeah, yeah. For a reader, you won't get to that to 150 pages in or so, and then they realize, oh, this is the concept. And you know, it's one of those things where it's like such a great concept where if, if it was out there, I'm sure I'd sell more, but you'd, you don't be taking away from it as well. You know, it's like that twist that you don't yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: want to know. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. You know? So i remember when, when terminator 2 came out right oh yeah, yeah like all the marketing we already knew that arnold schwarzenegger was the good guy
0: yep yep, but yep. They hadn't
1: given away that and uh and you saw that scene where he drops the flowers and has the shotgun that would have been one of the great twists of movie history right yeah yeah no that's
0: true yeah
1: so you just don't want to give everything away but yeah for so the
0: people listening, you're going to have to read to find that out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I definitely know that feeling. My first novella for my Monster Hunter, I'm like, oh, I'm like, I'm like, there's certain parts I'm like, if you guys could just get to the end, I'm like, if you just get to the end of this 25,000 word book, I'm like, your mind will be blown. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I'm afraid that people are going to DNF at some point. Be like, oh, this isn't really what he said it was. But it's like, I'm like, yes, it is. Like, you got, you got to read the story. So, I, I totally understand. I think about that all the time. I'm like, is this going to work? And I'm really anxious to get to beta readers. Uh, but yeah, I, I, de- I definitely understand that feeling. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, totally, I'm like, right. you guys gotta it's get there. Like, yeah. Put
1: it out there just so yeah. people know. Great. But you also just like, no, you need to read it. So,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, to be fair, I always say this people for like the Dresden Files, right? They're like, well, it really doesn't really get good till book six. And I'm like, only you could only say that about Jim Butcher, where He'd be that successful, sell that many books. And then now we're, it's getting good. And I'm like, but people still bought all of them and got him to that point. I just always th- found that like the funniest thing. Daniel B. Green said that in one of his blog posts um, or, you know, one of his YouTube videos. I thought, oh, my gosh. And then I read book seven. I was like, oh, my gosh, he's totally right. But I thought, isn't that interesting? But, you know, people will definitely read, you know, what? um Malazan, Book of the Fallen, 85, you know, 60 page prologue or, you know, whatever at the start um i think guards of the moon was almost 53 pages for you know the the prologue you had no idea what was going on um yeah, yeah. you know that chapter one it was all over but like you know then robert jordan's the same way you know like a 75 page prologue but you know you, you can't give matt 150 you know to figure out what the book's about you know it's so I feel like it's really relative to, you know, to the story, but it's kind of interesting oh, people. <laughs> they can get away with it. Right. Brandon Sanderson talks about that a lot. But yeah, yeah, I think about that all the time. I'm like, are people, are people going to get it? Yeah, that's interesting. It's always interesting, too, to see people's like when people do get it or don't get it. To me, that's always like really interesting. And then some people you're like, you're right there. Like, just just keep going. <laughs> Dirk has yeah, one of the funniest stories about that ever that i've heard but uh so for our audience what genre or genres do you currently write in and why
1: so i uh, mainly science fiction i uh i've always loved science fiction uh, it's one of those things i've been obsessed with astronomy since i was six years old you know i that's used there. to lay out in the backyard look at the stars and uh, started reading stephen hawking when i was like 12 <laughs> oh that's awesome and like just uh, i i loved uh everything to do with astronomy and the old uh all the old space science fiction. And uh, I do write and I think right now I'm working on a, just another project I've had going for years where it's just there's so many great stories that get told between friends and oh
0: yeah
1: lost and you just want to record those. So it's kind of like a memoir that I will probably never publish. And um uh, I've also been kind of toying with ideas of doing uh, kind of adventure thrillers kind of based in Western
0: Canada. That's cool. Uh,
1: For right now, in my writing career, it's 100% science fiction. That's what I've published. So (laughs) cool. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I feel like adventure thriller. I've thought about that a lot. I feel like that would be real. I've talked to a lot of like urban fantasy slash thriller authors or urban fantasy slash mystery authors and I don't know. Yeah. Thrillers just seem to have something there. I would love to combine, you know, like, I mean, I mean, I think aliens is a sci-fi thriller, you know, you know what I mean? Like, and that's always such a great one, you know, predator is another one, you know, I think the thriller aspect to me is very thrilling. So I think that would be really cool as well. Yeah. I totally get what you mean about science fiction though. I mean, I, I love fantasy. Like I love fantasy, but I tend to read more of it now, but I definitely started with science fiction. Science fiction to me was, you can't we can't talk about astronomy max we'll be here all day yeah Uh, i can't i can't go to a planetarium you have to leave me there for a weekend um the kids at school sometimes they'll give me some video or something i'll be on that stuff for hours (laughs) like you know they never believe me but i always i think it's yeah it's, it's absolutely fascinating i tried doing a science fiction book and i got so into researching our solar system that like i think 10 days went by I didn't write a thing. So I was like, I need to get more disciplined in my writing approach before I do this. Cause yeah, it's, yeah, it's definitely out is, there. Uh,
1: you know, you get really heavy into the science aspect of it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Science fiction, right. Yeah.
1: You get Really obscure stuff. You get like the Frank Herbert where it's, you know, there's really not much science to it. It's more of yeah. space fantasy.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: But uh, I think for me, it really changed when I started reading like Andy Weir. You know that was oh like, yeah yeah it's like he's really science based but is yeah. also telling very really compelling story yeah and i said i i want to do something like that you know yeah. twist a little bit but still rely on a lot of um, a lot of real science and a lot of yeah. actual to tell a story and so i uh i started looking come at that as a medium with my own twist and yeah i mean science fiction is
0: such a huge huge genre yeah
1: yeah figure what your book goes to for a category right
0: the the amazon yeah the amazon categories i mean i talked to a a recent um friend of mine that i met who's writing sci-fi and that's what she said and you know she's like man i really got to figure out she said i think i might have to still adjust you know where i'm at within sci-fi i'm like i feel like there's just..." Fantasy, you'd be like, okay, I'm fantasy, whatever. And, you know, so your subgenres, you know, change. But I do feel like, you know, sci-fi, right? Like, are you adventure sci-fi? Are you military sci-fi? Are you hard sci-fi? I mean, I feel like there are a lot more multifaceted. You know, I think it's more, more multifaceted than than fantasy. <laughs>
1: I didn't quite realize, you know, when I first published, you, you, you're choosing your genres. and mm. I was ranking really well, but it's because, you know, my book has a really strong love story to it. Mm. And I, I like to think of it as like a, like a love triangle. My brother described it like this. He said it was a love triangle between a scientist, his girlfriend, and his work. And oh, uh, cool. and so I said, okay, well, it's kind of a science fiction romance. And I put it in that category.
0: You know <laughs> I didn't know the kind of smut that was on there. It was like Ursula, <laughs> the Ice Giants, and all
1: this like... Yeah, yeah. Every other book had some kind of greasy green six pack
0: on the cover, and then mine was just in the middle. It was just... Uh... <laughs> it's funny because I know a lot of people have done that. I've also, I also also knew one author that like kind of got... <laughs> Kind of, kind of blocked i i guess you said, should say um by by readership because they're like you're just in this genre and he, i don't think i honestly don't think he realized like <laughs> what was going on because uh, his debut novel a few years ago but yeah he, he told me he goes you want to know a way to tick off the romance crew he's like i mean he goes i i can tell you i was like oh man like it was it was really funny yeah so he did that because he's like yeah there's a love triangle in mine I guess, i'll put it that and yeah, he was doing pretty well, and then people were like, "This doesn't really, this is really romance." <laughs> and oh, I was like, "To be fair, I was like Star Wars with Han Solo and Leia. I said, I definitely think you could, you know, call that type of story a romance, you know, because you got, you know, a great one in there. So I really think it just comes down to, like you said, right, you know. But romance is another one, right? Those different. It's very multifaceted, you know. <laughs> If you get that in there, you know,
1: romance category? You gotta be careful yeah. with though, right? Like yeah. you know, friends of mine, they just they love the book. The first thing they said after was like, oh, we needed more, we needed more smut, we need more dirt scenes. i like, <laughs> I dedicated the book to my mom, I'm not gonna write that. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, like, I do, because
0: I'm, I'm a, a teacher. teacher, I always write like PG 14. <laughs> I'm like I'm like, I really, you really can't do that. And I don't want to put too much out there with a pen name. Maybe I'll have to do one of these days. i will do a Joe Ambercrombie. <laughs> do it like that.
1: <laughs> oh, I can't do it, man. I tried for a chapter and I'm like, this just sounds like a 12-year-old describing something to his friends. <laughs> you know, this is not my style. That's hilarious. But I'm okay that's with writing romance, but not with like, <laughs> romance, you know? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That's fair. I definitely understand that. That's what I said to my friend. I said, um you know, I, I, she's a fantasy romance author. Um, so I was talking to her and I, she's like, maybe you just need help with it. I was like, possibly, I was like, I just, I was like, I just said, I did, I think it's just really like, that's just not what I'm looking for. Not that, you know, like yours, like love triangles, things like that, or romances, but there's just certain things I'm like, I'm just not looking for in a book. You know, I'm like, I, you know, I just, I'm really just there for the the fantasy, the adventure, ancient civilizations, new technologies, you know, if it's, um, you know science fiction or some something a little different but maybe not something a little different you know in another category um in terms of writing and stuff but yeah, i'm like it's just i was like you know again yeah, i think you need to write you know uh what you love to read and you know i'm just not really into that i'm just more into you know heroes doing their thing the good guy winning you know stuff like that so yeah but well, it's really funny write
1: what you want to write right yeah that's- yeah write something good if it's not something that you want
0: to read yeah yeah exactly exactly i had well i do love that's what my friend and i we had such a but then you know then again you know we had such a great talk my buddy and i we love patricia briggs i just i absolutely love her mercy thompson series and that's a romance um right there i just absolutely love how she writes romance and you know um my friend she always teases both of us she's like two guys love those books i'm like I'm like, but they're done so well, you know, I'm like, she gets both, I think she does a great job with both perspectives, um, you know, and she, I think she she really writes a line, you know, and kind of sticks to it, um, but yeah, I mean, those are, I think those are really great, I said to my buddy, I said, I can definitely see myself, you know, one of these days when I get better, you know, at writing, doing something like that, you know, I'm like, I love how she, I feel like she does a lot of really great things, and You know, I I think you could definitely put those, you know, in the romance category, but her urban fantasy is just, it's such a great, she got such a great, you know, mixture and a great balance. And maybe that's my problem is I'm not a Jedi yet. I'm not quite balanced right there. (laughs) That's a great story that you have though. That's, that's, that's awesome. That's really funny. All right. So my favorite question to ask authors for their debut. So what is your book river jumping about and how did you come up with this idea? So
1: I will just describe a bit of the first act. Like Perfect. I said I'm not going to give away. That's fair. Uh, but river jumping. It's uh it's set in Vancouver, BC in the near future, and uh, it's basically a story of two scientists who stumble upon this new technology. Um, it's a, a sample that they're working with, and it disappears, and they have no idea why. And uh, as they start working through the scientific method to figure this out, they do end up discovering this technology that's going to change the world and they, they struggle with basically what to do with it from that point in. Mm. And, and, uh, as far as where the idea came from, it's, it kind of just came to me as I was biking one day oh, and cool. I just started thinking about science and I, I started thinking about, uh, how things are positioned with each other. And I just mm. was like, I have done this concept yet. Yeah. And, um, I'm just going to say, I don't know of anyone in science fiction who has done this out of what I've had out of movies that have been done, but that's a very bold statement, considering there's thousands and thousands of science fiction books out there, but I can guarantee that no one's done my exact take on
0: it. Yeah. Idea yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. so. Um, but uh, yeah river jumping follows the course of these, the lives of these two scientists, as they uh, end up taking this idea and running with it, and what it does to their careers, what it does to their relationships, oh uh, having to work in secret. And uh, they end up in, involved in a global conspiracy from it. They end up rubbing shoulders with billionaires. And uh, at the end of the book, it gets pretty wild. So
0: <laughs> that's in, cool.
1: The theme of the book, the day that came to me in terms of the two characters, uh, I had already started mapping it out and, uh, it came from a day when I was, uh, I was camping and we were whitewater canoeing. At least I didn't know we were whitewater canoeing. <laughs> <laughs> so I, one of the guys there, he said, uh, you know, we're going to take a float down the river. I'll bring the trucks down to the other spot. and we are going to take these canoes down? And this is a glacial river, it's super cold. And, uh, I get on this and this is a full on rapid and, you know, In a raft, it wouldn't be that bad, but I just had, like, just a crappy lake canoe, right? And so (laughs) we're going down this, and everyone else seems to be having a great time. But I was just terrified the whole day, just tense, and we're trying to get through, and I just keep bailing out of this canoe. We broke the seat in half. Oh, wow. And I started thinking about the difference in personality types and how I'm not really freaked out or scared when I'm biking or skiing. But on that river, I was just petrified, and it's because I wasn't in control, and I just Mm. couldn't allow this to just take me, and I couldn't just go with the flow. Whereas the other guy in my canoe was experienced, and he was just happy to say, oh, well, you just paddle hard. If you go the wrong way, you paddle hard, and you hope for the best. And so for my two main characters, I just said, that would be such an interesting dynamic. Yeah, yeah thinking every decision and as all this crazy stuff starts to happen to them um he uh he can't just accept and he can't just paddle hard and go with the flow whereas the other guy is just completely laid back and mm. has a better experience because of it yeah and, uh, so it plays a little bit into the title of the book but the uh, the title of the book also kind of describes the concept at some point and yeah
0: so oh that's very interesting that's cool I feel like you brought up a lot of really cool things there. I guess I never really considered, you know, I, I feel like a lot of people have done the Eureka, you know, and then, um, you know, this, they've invented this thing, you know, and, um, but yeah, I don't, I don't feel like a lot of people mention what happens to the scientists, like after they invent this world changing technology. So that, that aspect to me seems really, really interesting. How, how you wrote that. That's something they always found was
1: missing, right? Is that. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah into science fiction where like oh yeah well you know this is the warp drive and it's already it's been around for a hundred years or this is some sort of faster than light technology but Mm -hmm. if you actually had the people who invented this way to travel stars and took us from you know only being able to go to the moon and mars to be able to travel the stars what would actually happen in their lives yeah and uh, that was the story i wrote and um just kind of following them and um, on a very small level, you know, with their company, they, uh, if they reveal this invention, they're worried that the company's just gonna sell the patent. And because they have a non, they have a very strong non-comp agreement, they're gonna lose all their research.
0: Mm, they have well, to a wow.
1: secret. And so uh, up to the big level, near the end of the book, they have some very, uh, very huge decisions that might affect the whole fate of humanity.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. That's really cool. I always think about that, though, because there was, um, oh, there was such an interesting um, podcaster years ago. I'm trying to remember who, what, what the guy's name was, but I used to follow him and he interviews this like ex-marine like marine and stuff. And he was like Desert Storm twice, things like that. Um, Gulf War, you know, one and two and stuff in the United States. And then the guy comes up to him, right? It, like he meets him at some convention or something comes up to me he's like yeah I fought on Mars <laughs> he's like I was like what and it was just such an outrageous story but like it was so interesting to me he said yeah we've been on Mars colonizing it for like the last you know like 40 years and that's why you know they just run the rover in circles and sometimes they see stuff and then they're like oh no it's just whatever and I was just like it was just such a compelling story that's a great so I'm like you know what I mean yeah and I'm like I met this, um, guy that worked for the government at one point, um, years ago when, um, I was a server and he got a little tipsy, you know, and he was like, you would not believe what we have, man. He's like, anything you've seen. And my uncle said this years ago too, he's like, um, new, new guys who work for government. He's like, anything that, you know, you see today, cell phones, you know, laptops and stuff. He's like, they, the government's got it 40 years earlier. So I always thought that that was interesting. I meet this guy who worked on drones who were really, really tiny and go a really long ways. So, um, and he was telling me all about this when he was like, you know, hammered. And I just thought, ah, these guys are crazy. And the my writing brain was like, put that together with this other guy. And I was like, what if we've been on Mars for like 40 years, you know, or what if, you know, we do have that technology and, you know, combine it with the other guy. And We just, you know, haven't said anything to anybody, you know, and you know they just do their own thing, you know, and different countries even get in on it or whatever. And I was like, oh my gosh, I was like, that actually sounds really plausible. And I was like, even if not, I was like, make one hell of a good story. So I totally get what you're saying there. I mean, that that to me sounds very, very interesting, and to me it sounds like totally like what would happen. I mean, there's. Being a history teacher, there's plenty of times where we haven't been told the truth on, you know, all sorts of things or, you know, technology's been hidden and, you know, things like that. So I feel like that's a a theme that people can get behind, you know, especially today, no matter what country they're from, you know, and, you know, you always got to wonder, is your government telling you, you know, X, Y, and Z or You know they keeping something, so yeah, that's a
1: big themes that I had, and I think it's because I was writing it during COVID, and everything was just moving so slow, and I was getting so frustrated with my government here in Canada, just how fast they were responding to things. If you did have something that would allow us to travel the stars, would you bring it to the government, or would you go private? Yeah,
0: yeah, 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 exactly.
1: I'm 30 years old and I want to see this in my own lifetime. And if yeah. I bring it to the government, that's probably not gonna happen. Yeah. Because yeah. we need to move that pace. And so it's I tried to to make a an entertaining, compelling human story about all this, but really dig deep into what would this actually play out like.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. So
0: well, it's interesting, right? Like, you know, here in the United States, like, you know, where you got recently, right? Like we had a um, guy who was like a security guard, <laughs> like now it's just getting crazy, security guard. Right. And he ends up, um, I he was a security guard. If he was in the grocery store here. Um, but like an event happened, I want to be respectful people. So the event happened, but it just got really interesting where people are like, Hey, like this guy was supposed to have this patent come out for this tech, like, you know, energy saving technology. And he just so happens to, you know, to die, you know, um, in this way. And it was interesting because then this one journalist I was looking um, into another story, they had connected that with like three other people within the same energy saving community. And it's like, all of a sudden, these people, you know, were, you know, um, killed in the same way. And you're just like, oh, that's kind of interesting, you know, and uh, I know a couple of people are bringing that up with some other things that happened the last couple of years in our country, you know, with certain people and, oh, like couple actors and actresses and stuff. But all of a sudden, you know, like, Everybody's getting in a car accident, you know, and um, it was very interesting, you know, and you think, you know, you're like kind of like maybe i watched too many thrillers recently because I'm trying to write more, you know, thriller in my stuff. But, you know, you really got to think like it gets interesting, you know, and I I don't know. I think technology wise, though, is the big one for me. It's like, you know, you got our government spends how much on fossil fuels. And, you know, one thing that, you know, was really big was, you know, uh, the suppression of, you know, a water based engine um you know back in our gas crisis in you know 60s and 70s and I, I definitely think that if somebody came up like you're saying and I'm like hey we have this technology that transports you to the stars or you know from California you know to Beijing or whatever I really wonder if you should take it to your government no matter what government you're part of uh, or country part of yeah that's that's very compelling story there that that's really interesting
1: yeah I think the one thing um writing science fiction these days is just uh like one of the hardest things about it is just getting an original concept you know it's like yeah you, you go head. i mean it's the same thing with fantasy too right yeah, yeah it's like you go through your head and it's like oh this would be a great idea. oh no it's been done it's kind of like simpsons bit, but like, <laughs> like star trek the next generation did it you know like, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. Like, concept you can think of. it's like oh, okay well so then when you finally have that one you start kind of putting the story together it's, it's yeah really yeah
0: that's where my buddy he's like you he's like you just like stories way too much he goes you even care if they're true I'm like I really don't I'm like I just find them fascinating I'm like I would love to write a story about you know when they went to the moon what they really did see you know and then coming back and you know having really cool things happen to them you know going to other planets or meeting different civilizations or whatever and not being able to tell people because x y and z you know because of the time period and what was going on with the cold war I'm like I'm like, I don't, I'm like, it doesn't have to be true. You know, I'm like, to me, a good story is a good story. There's mythology, you know, mythological stuff too, where I'm like, God, like, I want to go deeper into that. You know, I'm like, what happens if Hercules, you know, really did exist, you know, and he isn't, you know, he is, you know, half God, you know, and half mortal. And what if he's just, you know, in his sixties now, you know, and some kid finds him like the Sylvester Stallone movie that just came out, um, where he's like the superhero you know and yeah. that you know I'm like I stuff like that just runs through my mind you know as a writer and I just I hear people say things I see things and I'm like I just find it if I find it a compelling story it makes my writer brain you know just want to write it so that's what you know yours is like really making me making me think now <laughs> it'd be really cool too I could see where you would want to do a thriller then like obviously you you know I feel like you probably have you know quite a few thriller aspects already with your novels but you know you know, well, if that's, that's the story. I mean,
1: it definitely moves. Yeah. And, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, it's yeah super cool. so
1: not quite in a thriller way, but it moves. Yeah. Uh, moves well. Yeah.
0: So aspects of a thriller, I guess, is is exactly. a good. One. Yeah. It's like Richard Lee Byers. I like, you know had a mind.
1: Dean Goods chapter hook at
0: the end. You know. Oh, that's <laughs> cool. Yeah. Oh, that's really awesome. That's yeah. really cool. I like that though. When you take something, that's why I talked to a lot of thriller authors and mystery authors too. Like, I would love to write um like a CSI fantasy story, you know, or uh yeah. um yeah. I got like the fire mage or I want him to or a fire elementalist and I want him to be like a CSI or arson investigator, you know, and follow the clues or stuff, so, you know. And I like like different genres being in fantasy and sci fi and taking the best parts. You know, that's where I was talking about romance, you know, taking the best parts and, you know, putting in our genre to make it a new, you know, better constructed thing, I think makes a lot of sense. But Oh, that's really cool. Well, that's awesome. I'm I'm really excited to read that. That sounds absolutely amazing. Um, and this actually leads me into the next question perfectly. Do you plan on this book being a standalone, a trilogy, a series?
1: I always envisioned river jumping as a standalone. Okay. cool. I, uh, I really wanted to write a, a book that had a strong beginning and a really strong ending. And um, uh, that was one of the things I kind of ran with publishing i mean just to go on the, the business end of this for a bit oh, yeah, for a writer, yeah. right? it's uh it, you know it was just a little too long i definitely whittled it down got kind of streamlined it so it flowed perfect but they they uh you know it was over 400 pages and there's not many traditional publishers who want to risk that on a first-time author and so everyone's saying oh why don't you break it into a series break it into a series and it's like i don't want to do a series i, I yeah, really yeah. want to a one-time compelling story yeah, yeah. and so that was one of my motivations for self-publishing but um, as it stands right now it's been about 50 50 on the uh the readers i've talked to uh some of them are just like let it be it ended perfectly and some of them are begging to hear more from these characters and say, mm. you have to write a sequel you have to write a sequel so i uh i have some ideas for a sequel and I'm starting to write them out. I still don't know if I'll release it. It's a uh, or if I will get around to writing it. But um, I, I think yeah, I started the convoluted answer. <laughs> I've always envisioned it. Uh, Welcome a, to being yeah, an author.
0: <laughs>
1: it would probably be a trilogy. I would just kind of okay take, um, take some concepts that I didn't have time to explore in river jumping and dig into a
0: little bit more so that's really cool yeah Yeah. i think that's a great answer (laughs) it's hard i feel like it's hard with a debut right like you you know i I do like i like indian that you know but you know how you know how many people have on here they're like oh yeah it was supposed to be one book and then all of a sudden people liked it and then you know i decided to you know to do this and that i mean ml spencer's dragon mage she wrote it to be one, she, you know, she wanted it to be popular, she did a lot of work, you know, for advertising and stuff, she didn't, you know, she didn't think it was going to blow up like it is, and, you know, she's struggling, I know when she had some interviews with Wizards Words and Words guys, and she said, you know, that she struggled a bit, you know, like, she had a lot there, but because she hadn't pre-planned for it to do well, you know, it was a little bit harder, you know, to do book two and stuff like that, so. Yeah. You're, I feel like you're just an author, man. You're in the same boat, you know, <laughs> like I totally, Right. And it's totally like, I understand that. You know,
1: right. And you make the best possible product you can. And yep. then you start getting into this whole marketing world of it. And they're all just saying, oh, you need to do a series. You need to do a series. I'm like, well, I
0: never really thought
1: of it as a series. So. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's not really for the money or anything. I just want people to read this one and it's, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, but, um, yeah, the, uh, I know for me, I've started reading, you know, for the last few years, I've been reading a lot more indie sci-fi. Sometimes you get a series, I'm not gonna name any names or anything, but sometimes you get a series where you get the end of book one and it's not the end of a book, it's just the end of a chapter and it's like, okay, yeah. pay $8 for the next bit. Yeah. Um, so I just didn't want to do that. I wanted to Probably. have a very concise thing, right?
0: Yeah. No. So, I, I don't no. We'll see,
1: we'll see you know how like Ender's Game didn't need a sequel, you know? Oh man.
0: Wow. What? Yeah, totally. I didn't know. I read it and for four years before I moved to Arizona and then encountered, you know, Xenocide, I had no idea that, or Goodreads. I didn't have Goodreads. I had no idea that it wasn't just a standalone. I thought it was a standalone and then I handed it to me.
1: perfect ending. I agree. So it didn't need a sequel. And so that's what I'm kind of struggling with is, you know, Do you just leave it? Or if people really want to see more of these characters, what are you going to do that is not more of the same and is going to tell the same level of story that you told the first one? If I can't figure that out, I won't do it. If I can figure it out, I'll I'll start working on the next one. So Yeah.
0: yeah. Maybe you just have to... That's what I was talking about before we record, right? I, you know, my first one, I'm like, I just, I need to level up first. You know, that quest hasn't been (laughs) open yet. So maybe... You know, maybe, maybe you'll be in the same boat, you know, you'll yeah. write the next okay. book and be like, oh, this is perfect. Or, you know, you go on your next bike ride, you're like, oh, actually they could do this, you know, or somebody throws you off the cliff, you know, when you guys are, you know, sky jump or, you know, whatever, um, yeah. you know, jumping or whatever, <laughs> bungee jumping. And then you're like, oh, this so would be a great, a great idea. idea.
1: Grabbing <laughs> a school bus during a pandemic with a mask on and no stereo, <laughs> you're just like, you know, your mind's just buzzing. Right. So that's, Yeah. Like,
0: yeah, not totally. I got a forty five minute drive to work and back every day, so i'm I'm actually trying to find a better solution because a lot of the programs I found are connected to Google now, and they're awful, you know, text to speech. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, I'm trying to find a better one though, because <laughs> I like you know I, I know m o Spencer does that and you know, helped her out quite a bit. So I'm like, I'm feel like I'm wasting time because <laughs> I'm always great oh, ideas. write like so.
1: it yeah, that's yeah, that's yep. You know, yeah. I have a little notepad constantly
0: running on my phone, but uh-huh. if I was driving more, I'd have to figure out something. For sure. Yeah, 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 totally. Oh, that's awesome. Well, that sounds really awesome. Um, well, I guess this, so we, you talked about, you touched on this just a little bit, but I wanted to go a little bit more in depth with it. Did you find it hard to combine science fiction with more fantastical elements to create a unique science fiction story, or did you find that everything just uh-huh. kind of flowed together?
1: I think we talked about the unique idea a bit, yeah. like it, how hard it is in science fiction to do that these days. I think um, in terms of plotting the book,
0: yeah, yeah hardest
1: cool. part is like making sure you follow your own rules, mm. right? So you, uh, you can spend yeah. a lot of time world building and setting up these rules. And it's science fiction is believable no matter what the science is, as long as you have these rules and you stick to them the yeah. whole time. And as soon as you break one of those rules for your story, like I had a couple of great endings, but I couldn't figure out the science to, to make yeah. that work. Oh, that's and, interesting. Uh, you know, and it's, as soon as you break that rule, it's, you lose all credibility with the reader. And yeah, I know that for me, right? I just, as soon as I see a movie or see a book break its own rule, it's just, oh, uh,
0: well, you know. Gandalf could have teleported the ring to Mount, Doom or whatever, like, oh my it drives me nuts every time. Or he could have called the Eagles, and everybody always tries to come up with these I'm like, no, you really just you really just, you know, he just messed up. Like you yeah. could you could say Papa Tolkien messed up. There's no, there's you know, just <laughs> like it drives me nuts, you know, and yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah.
1: So just uh in terms of like creating unique elements and fantastic elements, I mean world around us is pretty fantastical as it is you know it that's is, very true he is wild I, I mean i tried to make sure one thing i always thought about is so far-fetched from like if neil degrasse tyson reads this book one day is he going to rip it apart or is he going to enjoy it right so i'm like okay i better make sure these
0: equations match <laughs> yeah, that's awesome people will read it though even if he trashes it that happened to uh, somebody i knew he trashed it in the science and then everybody was like oh i gotta see this and they you know it was like it was like fight 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 you know at lunch or something like everybody had to see it um the guy like sold like five thousand copies the next day (laughs) it was really funny he just and he think it went on like a random you know he was on like some random channel six news thing or something you know just happened to mention it yeah something like it was something crazy like that or radio station i just i thought it was really funny so yeah Maybe if anybody in the audience knows him, you know, you can give Matt's book to him. And either way, if he does or doesn't like it, you know, have him read it and let he us know. An address,
1: you know. And I'll send yeah.
0: him a copy. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. That's a really cool a thing movie. to think of, though, you know. Yeah, that's that's really neat. Oh, that would be really have, cool. Uh, I don't know if you know who Chris Hatfield is. but Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: So he's, you know, Canadian hero, astronaut. And so I'm trying to get a copy to him at some point because i'm like be if there's cool. one space nerd who would love a canadian fiction you know that, that it's going to be chris hadfield right so that
0: would be really cool
1: but his book was awesome His uh an astronaut uh, an astronaut's guide to life on earth if you ever get a chance it's fantastic
0: yeah i actually just it's funny that you said that because i just added that uh, because Andy Ware's uh, books uh, added a couple more to Goodreads so that one actually popped up so I actually added that on there too to be read but yeah I
1: haven't read yeah. his thriller yet I have that Apollo Murders one no, but- yeah that's the one I
0: added I'm like oh, I got
1: you yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah that's super cool well, I think that's that'd be really cool though like either one of them reading your book and then being like hey I don't even care what they say I just think it'd be cool if they read your book Oh, yeah. I mean, you could you can put awesome. that as your tagline, Neil deGrasse Tyson says, like, he hated it, but he says you should read it or whatever. He loved it, said you should read it. Like either way, just the fact that he read it, I would just put it on the cover. Like, oh, totally, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, that's really cool. I think I need bigger aspirations. If those are, you know, the two people that you want to read your book, I, I was thinking like my mom, <laughs> kind of, like up my auntie, you know, like. <laughs> i always think about that though like i really you know I, I put a couple things in every once in a while where i'm hoping that an author who i you know got the idea from i'm hoping that they're like oh that's kind of like my thing and instead of you know calling their lawyer i'm hoping that they email me and be like hey thanks for the nod you know or something like that but uh, that's yours is way more planned out than mine so i gotta get i gotta get out the bucket here
1: there's big aspirations,
0: that's all. Awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. I like it. You know, it's you for the moon, you know, maybe at the stars kind of thing. Um, so what is one thing you would love to know you accomplished if your future author self came back in time to meet you? It's like that one thing that you would want to be like, hey, man, we did it.
1: I would just love to publish another book, but it's, uh, holy crap, it's a lot of work, you know?
0: And uh, it, really <laughs> it really is.
1: It really is. so funny. I, uh, you finish writing, like, yeah, awesome. And then it's like, you're not even a quarter of the way there. You know, yep. by the time you write it, by the time you do all the editing and the formatting and the marketing. But uh, I, w- I would love to just know that I wrote more and published more. Uh, in terms for this one, it would just be really cool. Like I said, you know, if it got, even if it never made it massive, if someone just referred to it once. They had said, you know, that's a lot like ripping, and I, I heard it, oh, in, cool. you know, public zeitgeist, that would be, uh, that'd be pretty wild, you know, that would be a pretty crazy experience, but really uh, cool. in terms of future author, Matt, yeah, I just, um, I hope he's had a good time with it, you know, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll see, I definitely will write more uh, after this one. I've already got some starts going, but oh, cool. Uh, yeah respect you with the amount you get out man that's uh it's (laughs) it's a lot of work it's crazy but it's so worth it it's so fulfilling right
0: um yeah well that's like my buddy and you know we're looking I'm like um like should I really write something else (laughs) I'm like but he was like I think if you're stuck right now he's like I I think you need to we we talked about that a lot actually last weekend we had we have book club and um he's my ear so we we talk a lot about that I'm like he goes how's it going I'm like I try and try and try with book one and I'm like you know I just with this project I'm like I just can't figure it out I'm like I got other stuff that I could finish you know in a couple months and you know get it out there to people and um Novella being one of them and I'm yeah I'm like I just can't figure it out <laughs> I'm like I just don't think I'm at the right level yet so I I totally understand point,
1: it, just, it just hits I remember, like, when I figured out the the ending for River Jump, mm. it was just—I I had to pull over. I was so excited. I'm like, that's "Oh awesome. my god!" that's All like that for this for so long, and just uh, yeah. yeah,
0: it
1: just—it it doesn't work to just sit there and think. It's just you gotta keep living your life. Yeah. One day, all of a sudden, lightning hits your brain, and that's it.
0: Yep. That's yep. It. yeah.
1: That's I'm hoping. People ask you where you came up with these ideas and you're like I don't even remember man I don't it's just I don't know where that came from
0: yeah, yeah yeah well I think so, I think that that's a good point though because I always ask people it's, it's interesting because some people do remember some people don't like me like I have you know like this I had the same thing crappy college idea you know <laughs> like and I wrote a lot about it I was wanting to be an illustrator so I was like I'll do my own graphic novels like I'll oh, do this so i created this whole fantasy world and then i left it in shambles and then you know a few years ago i'm like you know what it'd be really cool if i just changed this instead of making multiple gods i was like i'm gonna do this one yin and yang thing with this brother and sister they'd be more like cosmic forces rather than entities and all of a sudden i got this whole star wars like but way deep with the philosophy and all these, you know, caveats, and it was just like a river literally ran through, you know, and left all the silt behind on that old idea, so I talked to a lot of, you know, younger authors, um, a lot of my students, you know, who aspire to write and stuff, I'm like, doesn't matter if it's crap, I'm like, that crap is literally fertilizer for your future career, so we talk about that quite a bit, so one girl was like, I'm gonna make you a t-shirt that says that, and it's gonna have little like turds on it, and
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: so yeah so but maybe one of these days they'll write something better than me i hope so but yeah i think um yeah i think it's you know i think it might be interesting right my friend we always talk about this uh the last couple of months where future author self and one of my friends is a sci-fi author he's like i'm gonna write that book for you and we'll see what they have to say and then he wants like him and his you know future self to go on this like adventure he goes maybe i'll make it where like the time cops you know, like come to try and stop us or something yeah. else. So that's a really good idea. But yeah, I definitely think it'd be cool to, to be referred. I always love people's, um, you know, cause for me that, again, that keeps me going. It's like fuel. I think that would be really cool, you know, being mentioned, you know, your book being mentioned by somebody, you know, and. Oh
1: man, just being yeah. like somewhere in the zeitgeist, like, yeah. you know, being on par with, you know, something where, they actually said like yeah, yeah that's like river jumping or, yeah oh that's very Latrellish or something I, I know that's a huge head a huge ego right. thing to say, but like if there's one big goal that would be really cool and uh yeah you never know
0: <laughs> well people people say we like so maybe they could say latrell like in the future you know like yeah, you know, uh, man, that would be really? really cool oh man now now i need i need to add that i have a, such a long list that you guys gave me now i have to add that uh, there as well. I'm going to be unbearable in a couple of years. I tell you, I have all these things that I, I'm going to be like crossing them off on a list, you know, that kind of thing. (laughs) Uh, I came up with this one a while back and everybody, no matter what they've said, it's been really interesting. Uh, what is one tool or strategy that you would like to try in the future?
1: Um, you know, I, uh, more detailed notes I think is uh, and not just about the sci-fi that's where I started getting lost when I was writing mm. is what was the name of Mia's best friend when she was growing up okay I wrote that in chapter three and you keep flipping back and so that's it's, a good one. I think uh, I think when I do this again I'm gonna keep notes on every part of the world building and not just the science yeah, yeah. I, you know you uh, you know, you you can definitely still do it. It just takes a lot longer. It really
0: does. (laughs) It really does. Thank goodness you can search on word, right? For a particular word. Yeah. (laughs) It still takes a while though, you know, especially if you wrote a whole book, you're like, Oh, is that chapter three or, you know, chapter eight, like, you know, then you got to read it and then you still have to fix it, you know? Yeah.
1: But I'm, uh, I'd say in terms of my style, I, uh, I do kind of a half and half. I'm, plot the end of each act when I wrote this. So that oh, was kind okay. of like, okay, I know where I want to be for the big twist of the end of act one, and then the big That's twist at the idea. end of act two. Yeah. I just kind of pantsed it in between. And uh, that was, that seemed to work really well for me because it gives you something hmm. to write towards.
0: Yeah, yeah, nice little and ball. You,
1: and you never really get stuck, right? What's and, uh, but uh, I'll probably keep going that tool. I, I'd like to try some other methods of plotting for, for my next one and um, maybe try a bit more of a, like this one had a bit of an ensemble cast, you know, yeah. but I I'd do a bit more of an ensemble book for the next one now that we know oh, these cool. characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we can get a couple more introduced and
0: yeah. That's cool. Like I always
1: respect stuff like, you know, you read like George R. R. Martin or something and just the um, amount of characters he has going that he's keeping track of the whole time. It's like, <laughs> I have like five or six speaking characters, you know? Yeah, 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 you know, that's yeah. That's about what I keep wanna... track of. And I still try to intertwine the story, but I'm like, that is just thinking, like, that's 40 d chess, you
0: know? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like Steven Erickson in a nutshell. I My best friend laughed at me because we're on, oh, what are we on right now? I think we're on book eight out of nine. Yeah, Dust of Dreams. So book seven, right? I, I texted him and it's just, he he saved it because it's such a funny text. Um, but I said to him, I was like, we're on page 600 and, or 750 out of 1,200. I'm like, he just introduced 50 new characters. And, oh. you know, <laughs> like literally it had to have been. it was probably only 18. But all of a sudden then he starts. you know, there's six here, there's six here. And he's writing from, you know, six different perspectives, new perspectives. Then we got to the end. I was like, I was not happy with the ending of Toll the Hounds, because I was expecting, you know, people, there were certain things I was expecting. So I'm hoping that they happen in this book. But I was like, I knew it was I knew it was trouble because I was like, we're literally 750 pages in and we're adding you know, these 18 different perspectives. But yeah, I totally get that. It's like, holy moly. Like, how do you how do you do that with I would love to see Steven Erickson's notes like I, he doesn't have to tell me anything. I just want to see him. Like, I just want to see how he keeps notes. Robert Jordan, I would love to see Brandon Sanderson's note. Brandon Sanderson actually put up, I think it was Aloe of Law, book one. And then there's a couple other ones. I don't know if it was like Warbreaker. I'm about to go back and look at him. But he put up his outlines and a bunch of his notes um, a little while back. I think it was during the pandemic. So I just would love, love to see how different people take notes.
1: Yeah, just to see, yeah, just how the brain works, right? To yeah. keep track of them. Yep. You know, yeah. Yeah. So
0: yeah it's crazy my friend said yeah Brandon has like 13 assistants that's how (laughs) he goes I think he goes I picture they just sit around like a Jedi council or something you know and you know he he tells them the story and then they're like no you can't do this because of this and that you know and I feel like that's how Robert Jordan was because he had like at least three assistants you know um, plus his wife you know and I I think that you know that that you know that's your only job. My friend goes, why, why can't I get a job like that? You know, be like yeah. George R.R. R. Martin's assistant and be like, no, you did that in book seven, you know? Yeah, would <laughs> yeah, be cool. Exactly. That be might be novel. my goal. <laughs> have five assistants, you know, that, you know, write enough books where I have five assistants that have to keep track of all my, you know, history and stuff. <laughs> all right. Well, for that last one do you have any writing news updates promos anything like that you'd like to share with us before we head out here matt
1: uh for right now you know i'm working on more stuff but it's going to be a little while before that's out for everyone listening uh check out river jumping it's a uh it's a page turner i the feedback i'm getting on it has been amazing i have people who don't read sci-fi at all who have loved it interesting and uh, mainly because of the human element of it and this story. So uh, it's on Kindle, it's on Kindle Unlimited. I got a new cover done just a couple months ago by a really talented guy and uh, the paperback looks fantastic. So um, yeah, check it out. And you know, the more they sell, the more I'm going to be uh, encouraged to write more. So
0: (laughs) that's true, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) Which actually leads us to the next thing that we're really focusing on for season two for all of our authors, indie authors in particular. Um, You know, just please, guys, make sure you're going, you know, when you're buying Nats or anybody else's book and then you read it. Please just make sure. Or even if you listen to it, people mentioned that to me recently, too. Um, You know, if you've listened to someone's book on Audible, I do it all the time. Um, Audible, Goodreads, Amazon you know, anywhere where I can help an author out. One I really liked in particular, um, you know, I make sure I review their books or their products um, because it was you know, like Matt just said, you know, it helps them to generate more products for you. So if you like that story of that author, that's the thing you can do to make sure and ensure in the future you get more great stuff by them. Uh, Matt, thank you so much for coming. If there is anything else that we can do you know, before this episode drops, during, after, like I said, tag me, email me, let me know, and, you know, we'll get it out there, and help you, you know, get as many eyes on your book as possible, and, you know, I, I look forward to reading it myself here in the near future, and, you know, we'll we'll help you in any way that we can, my friend.
1: Sounds great, Daniel. I'd love to come back with the sequel. We'll oh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, anytime, anytime. You, you let me know when you want to come by, and uh, like I said, I'll be sending out some, you know, uh, newsletter info, stuff like that. And we'll definitely be doing science fiction panels because uh, that was one of the first ones that people said they really wanted to see. So we'll be setting those up uh, for the spring uh, very soon. So. Awesome. Cool. Awesome. Right. Doing, Daniel? Yeah. Good. Anytime. Anytime. We have a good rest of the night, Matt, and I will talk to you soon on social media, my friend.
1: Sounds good. Thanks, Daniel.
0: Have a good one. All
1: right.